Hello, greetings, friends. It's Monday, October 17th. It's Chapo Trap House coming at you. Uh, just like to start off the show today with a big thank you to everyone who came out to see us on Broadway on Friday, our New York show. It was, it was, a, it was a joy, and uh, special thanks to Stav and 95 Bowls for guesting with us. And hey, if you're in the uh, South Florida region of the country and like an experience, oh, I'll just say very similar to the one I just described, then tickets are still available to see us uh, at Revolution in Fort Lauderdale on, was it October 31st? October thirtieth. No. October thirtieth. I'm I'm just I'm excited for Florida, just as I was excited and honored and proud to perform in Chicago and LA. Um, the three theaters that we have done and will do this tour that I can confirm for a fact have never had a ritualistic child murder take place in the venue. The three That's venues crazy. on tour that have never had a ritualistic child murder or told me to stop vaping on stage (laughs) (laughs) that's the chapo guarantee okay yeah um i spoke with engineers over the weekend it would be impossible (laughs) for me to set off the fucking fire alarm vaping from the stage that's i mean i did it he did it will did it in uh in in iowa yeah in backstage not on the stage Mm. It's right. impossible yeah, to do on the tall, tall ceilings there. Hard to imagine. Like, yeah. Maybe edit out the thing where I um, imply that a child has been murdered at that at the theater we did at the town hall, the birthplace <laughs> of the Tea Party town hall movement, town hall theater. Uh, um, but they are liar. They lied about vaping technology. Well, I literally spoke with an engineer. <laughs> want to make this clear despite that i would like to thank uh the town hall theater uh for our our largest ever live show it was our biggest audience ever and of course it was on the great white way broadway but uh the the tour the road warriors are taking a little break now uh the boys are back in la chris and i are back in new york uh time to, to sort of reset reload and just uh continue on with our life uh before we start today uh matt would you like to share with our listeners, would you like to give a special shout out to the Good Samaritan who helped you on your journey back to Los Angeles? Oh, my God. This, this is insane that this happened. I still can't get over this. So I was going to take the train to JFK yesterday because I had plenty of time, but I had to go to the bathroom, as often happens with me. So I went to Macy's in downtown Brooklyn, and when I was pulling my pants up, I realized I didn't have my Number phone. one or number two? Number two, of course. Uh, <laughs> and I pulled my pants up, realized... I didn't have my phone in my pocket and also that one of my pockets had a hole in them. So I realized it had fallen out somewhere while I was trying to find a bathroom and I completely was freaking out. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm screwed. Have no phone yet. Can't call anybody because don't know their numbers. Even if I could get to a phone, uh, was trying to figure out what to do. I ended up just going back to the hotel that I'd already checked out of. hoping that they could call me a car or something. And as soon as I come through the door, all wet and frazzled, uh, the, the woman behind the, the desk, I say, hi, I'm Matt Christman. I just checked out. And she's like, you lost your phone. I'm like, what? Yes, but not here. And she calls this number and she gives me the phone. And this guy had found it on the ground outside of the Macy's. And he couldn't get into it, obviously. But And he didn't know what to do. But then uh, my email notification from the hotel popped up on the screen. So he figured I might still be there and he called them and left his number. And then I was able, because I went back just randomly was able to get in touch with him. I honestly felt like uh, God had kissed me on the forehead 
uh, in the form of Hollis. So shout out to Hollis, my, my brother for life for that one. Hollis, a true good Samaritan, a New York City champion. Um, thank you for helping Matt. He did not secure his hobo bindle properly before <laughs> trying to get on the subway. He was shambling around Brooklyn with just like, you know, a boot with one big hole and his toes sticking out of it. <laughs> I don't know. Like his beans the, the are falling that, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. The fact that like, I mean, this is a great story, but also the <laughs> fact that the hole in your pants is that big. Like for most <laughs> people, for most people, that's like, all right, that's the end of me using these as pants. But <laughs> he's like, I didn't he's know like it a was Mark, there. You're like a Mark Twain protagonist. It was, it just showed up. I don't know how it happened. And it was not like they were old, bedraggled pants. They're relatively new. I blame it on uh, planned obsolescence and capitalism. Are these pants, um, are they the uh, Amazon Essentials fashion label? <laughs> uh, either that or Kroger. I don't know. Did you get Did you get these pants at a grocery store, Matt? Look, it doesn't matter where I got them. What matters oh, okay. is that I okay. now know that there is a hole in them, and I will uh, make sure not to put anything in that pocket anymore. Oh, Matt. I wish the money changed you. I wish the money changed you. <laughs> well, it's just like when you buy more expensive pants, it takes many years for that to happen to them, if ever. Mm. That is just like, that is, um, it's like Red Wing boots. They're the only boots you need your entire life. I guess. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm a penny wise, pound foolish type of person. I'm, I, <laughs> I, would, I always used to buy like one roll of toilet paper at a time. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh I'm, boy. I'm an idiot. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> well, I will say, uh, cheers. Cheers to uh Hollis from Brooklyn for uh getting Matt out of a, a tight jam with his yep. um just uh just generally good Samaritan type behavior and attitude. You know, there's still there's still good people in the world. So cheers yep. to Hollis, but jeers to President Joe Brandon for fucking up my travel to New York. <laughs> Thanks to uh, thanks to his uh, woke force one, I was not able to leave Southern California in time to make my connecting flight to New York and had to spend 12 hours overnight. in yes, the Denver International Airport, the most demonic of all airports in the world. I spent the whole fucking night in that airport. Thanks to woke force one and President Joe Brandon. Let's go. Let's go, Brandon, for fucking up my travel plans. Um, I did not find any of the deep underground military bases, unfortunately, but. Luckily, I was able to make it to New York in time. Did you see the gargoyle? I didn't see shit. I was just in Terminal B. I was just posted up. Just I, I had a beer. Just watched some shit on my computer. Tried to fall asleep. Um, I, you know, I gotta say the the Denver International Airport felt about as malevolent as any other airport I've ever been in. Yeah, that's how they get you. I was gonna ask, like, did you go through any like ghost decant de decontamination process before you came <laughs> no. home? No, no. They they You're gave me they ghosts gave me, like, home with you. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me toothpaste and a water bottle and that's it Maybe, was it holy water i don't know no i mean like you go you go to an evil airport like that you gotta you got you gotta de-louse yourself uh ghosts flee the body at above ten thousand feet though so they, they, they flushed out once they got above the weather yeah who's saying that the denver airport the people that want to <laughs> yeah. spread ghosts <laughs> I am reasonably sure I'm ghost clear, but, you know, I mean, if there's a there's a test I can take, I will. I like that the Denver airport, like one of the reasons people think it's like an evil airport, that uh, the mural with like the NWO soldier killing all the children, that's like a hippie mural. That's like an aging Denver hippie commission that because he's like, oh, that's what the world is. It's uh, greedy men fighting wars and killing children. 
but people see that and they're like, oh, they endorse this. Well, as it's been explained to me, the uh, the primarily the two weird uh, eyebrow raising details about the Denver International Airport are a how long it took to construct and b how far away it is from Denver itself. And I guess see the fact that there's already an airport in Denver and they didn't really need to build this other airport that took an inordinately long amount of time to construct and is suspiciously far away from the city itself. I'm you know deep underground military base. Probably that that's what I'm betting on. Sort of no, like yeah. survival arc for the world elite. It also has a giant horse sculpture that killed its maker. Yes. Yes. I like that that one. Oh yeah, oh. that was Mr. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well he yeah, like many Polish people, was outwitted and defeated in single combat by a bronze statue. <laughs> <laughs> and then they memorialized him. Yeah, no. I think it's actually something pretty boring. Like it's it's an underground base. Like that's linked to a Cold War policy that no longer has any meaning or relevance. Yeah, like the, the like the Greenbrier or whatever, where they got like a bunch of Van Camp's pork and beans in case like Sam Rayburn has to uh, take over the country <laughs> after a nuclear strike. Oh man, we went to the we went to the Greenbrier on a family vacation when I was like seven. It was one of our weird family vacations. <laughs> that's an amazing place just to like <laughs> check it out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. No, we stayed there. It was like oh, sweet. I don't, yeah, I don't know who picked that one. I remember kind of liking it, but yeah, you even as a seven-year-old, you're like, oh, I can tell that they were going to repopulate the earth here. <laughs> uh, wasn't it? Yeah, they're they're like, oh, Sam, Sam, because you're Speaker of the House and acting president, you get to you get to fuck the harem first, and he's like, oh boy, <laughs> I, I sure can't wait. Sounds fun. Oh wow. Uh, Felix, didn't you also say on a family vacation that you took when you were a kid to the south with your family that your dad was walking around sort of doing the opposite of the Liam Neeson in Dublin thing? Yeah, okay. First of all, I want to clarify. I was saying Sam Rayburn, not my brother Sam. Uh, <laughs> in that joke, I want to clarify that. I just realized that people could misinterpret that. Um, second of all, yes. Uh, we went on a road trip of the south when I was um, I think 13 or 14. My, my brother and sister were away at college and before the road trip through the deep south with me my mom and my dad my dad had read like only books like ghosts of mississippi so every time he saw like a white person over than 50 he just like glared at him firing dealer back with just looking for yeah. james woods yeah he just i mean i mean he's probably right you know yeah. he was probably right about that but like you know then pick a different vacation <laughs> I just want a mean mug, old men in overalls for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like fun. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we've got a little little time to rest and recharge before Florida. Very much looking forward to our Halloween show down in Fort Lauderdale to close out this tour. But the the news must go on. So I guess let's start because uh, he's back in the news, folks. And this is another vindication that, once again, we were right. Uh, Kanye West over the weekend threatening to finally disclose Jewish business secrets. Felix, are you nervous? Well, like, okay, so he said he's going to disclose the uh, the rabbi's treasure <laughs> and more modern Jewish business secrets that are not tied to, you know, ox polling and uh, rudimentary banking, sort of Baumbachian Jewish business secrets. But I don't, I think he's, I think he's bluffing. I don't think he knows them. Like, uh, I mean, you refer to the Jewish business secret of owning property. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so he's referring to this like late period Jay Z song called 444, where Jay Z's like, 
oh, uh, you know why Jewish people are rich? Because they buy buildings in just another excruciatingly boring uh, Jay-Z song where he wraps the entire contents of his Morgan Stanley retirement portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. That's not really a secret, you know? Um, and I don't think that Kanye knows the actual ones. Because do you remember, like, the first time that he annoyed everyone with his mental illness? He was like, I'm $78 million in debt. And then Kim, oh, yeah. Karda- Kim Kardashian, because of all the money she made from her gotcha game, like, paid off his debt. That's not, I don't, that's just not a man who understands financial secrets, in my opinion. Well, and he just bought Parlor. Yeah, I was going to say, for a guy who understands... <laughs> Business secrets, buying the uh, the the right wing right wing social media app Parler, of which Candace Owens' husband is an investor in, uh, does not strike me as business secrets of the pharaohs. Do you know how many followers Kanye has on Parler? How many? Five thousand of last I read. <laughs> That's a fucking ghost town. God damn! Ghost imagine town. having Candace Owen be your fucking grima worm tongue. That's just that's brutal. It well, it you know, sucks. I mean, like. I mean, you know, he just got like the the George Floyd died of fentanyl shit from her. Like that's just yeah. directly from her. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just he's just he's just like he's just repeating what he which he told him. He also got the bot. She she, she he also got buy my husband's company from her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like um he's um finally found a new form of nation of Islam and Black Israelite stuff that like hates black people as much as Jews. Yeah, it's just like yeah. oh, in. Like it's black Israelitism where it's like, we're the real Jews, but that's one of the reasons we're bad. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it just, it's the same thing that happened with Alex Jones, where he takes something interesting. In this case, one of the more interesting and fun uh, American ideologies invented in the 20th century and just fucking debones it until it's being a regular Republican. Yeah. I I do like that. He's basically uh, reverse engineered uh, uh, NOI to be like, Dr. Jacob was right to make white people. <laughs> yeah. The snow, the snow apes uh, have some good points. Well, we can uh, look for it. I mean, I just like, like, you know, buy, buying parlor, you know, I mean, like these leeches are just, I like, I don't think they're going to take all his money, but they've certainly taken like most of the respect he uh, once had at this point. And, yeah. I, you know, what, like, what is he going to be left with after? I, think, well, I don't know. Maybe the, the, the white house, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. He's not because it's like he's the more the deeper he goes into politics, the more it is because of like a Candace Owens or Candace Owens is weird husband. And the more deeper that he goes into that, the more of like any originality or that X factor that he brings goes away. Like we we talk about how Trump, um, you know, he captured lightning in a bottle because he took uh, being a celebrity and that actual celebrity tv experience and combined it with like touching the third rail of immigration that the gop base wanted but there are also unique original things about his personality and what he brought that were irreplicable there is there are uh intangibles the way that he attacked jeb like his sense of humor the weird phraseology i think that is as important as important to anything as you know immigration or whatever Anything that like may gave Kanye his hideously annoying fan base, um, the more that he touches politics, the more it goes away. 
They're, they're, and, the content, uh, the content of his his uh, diatribes is now just there's nothing unique about it. He just sounds like all those other guys, except for like I guess the Jewish stuff. He's willing to be more explicit about that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. And another another sort of a hurdle to clear for his presidential ambitions that I think you've identified, Felix, is. Um, basically, it would involve winning the White House without a single woman voting for you. And that's something you really do need to have in order to win a national election. Because, like, you know, it's like a Kanye Kim Kardashian presidential race may see the total racial depolarization of American politics and the complete genderfication of America, the gender polarization of American politics. I ju- yeah, I mean, he would he would get a dearth of women, but I'm not even sure. Like, I remember in 2016. Uh, Democrats were mad about him getting on the ballot speak because the implied thing was like, oh, all black people are going to vote for him. And that yeah. certainly was not the case then in the states he did get on the ballots. And it certainly will not be the case now. Yeah. Even less so when he's even less of a celebrity. And I do not fear him winning the White House. I just don't see it as a possibility. Well, we can put Kanye's presidential ambitions. Gonna put, put lock that away in the closet for a while. Um, but uh, let's let's go overseas now for some political news from across the pond, and you know just to follow up on a story we've talked about recently. What's happening in the UK right now has heads spinning around Europe and even in the United States, with President Biden diplomatically calling the Prime Minister's U-turn on her unpopular tax-cutting plan predictable. And even the Greek prime minister has joked recently about it, telling the Sunday Times that if the UK needs experience with the IMF, he's here to help, referring to the infamous Greek financial meltdown of 2010. And then there was this. When Liz Truss last week walked into her weekly audience with King Charles, he muttered, dear, oh dear, as he greeted her. Majestic. Lovely to see you again. It's a great pleasure. Our bloody bird, Liz Truss, is, is in, it's in a shambles right now, folks. She has, a, she has a 9% approval rating right now, and it looks like Labour may take power with like 300 seats in the British Parliament for the first time, and I don't know, God knows how long. Boris! But, no, Where's they failed, Boris? They have, the, the Tory party in the UK has categorically failed to bring back Boris, it's and they are reaping up. the whirlwind right now. It's their only move. It is actually their only move. Yeah, that's what else can you do, man? It's so like it's just not fair for Keir Starmer to win. <laughs> it it just isn't. It's not right. Yeah. It's not fucking right. Like, OK, I don't think it will end well. I think it will. end. you know, maybe he gets he gets executed by uh, one of Boris's 25 kids that he had on break <laughs> while he was uh, PM. But like it just that is. He has he 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 has if Liz Truss has Francois Hollande's spirit, fucking uh, Keir Starmer has the spirit of Michael Dukakis. <laughs> this bird, I mean, like, I mean, come on, They're, they've clipped her wings. They've clipped this bird's wings. All she wanted to do was cut taxes and outrageous amount, and she's getting uh, what nine percent approval rating for that. Come yeah, on, it's man, unprecedented. Never been done before. It's pretty impressive. Well, well I, mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, what the, the criticism is like she's trying to do Thatcherism without an oil boom, but what if it's even better? <laughs> what what if it's Thatcherism but done by a, a done by a fit a fit a fit bird? Uh, yeah, the right proper slapper. Was Thatcher ever a fit bird in her life? Never. No, not no, absolutely one never. Not for a second of her time on Earth. <laughs> I mean, that's sad to hear. <laughs> that's sad. 
Uh, well, you know, just uh, uh, once again, worth watching. Um, B- Boris watch continues. Um, Something's got to happen we- because like they don't have to call an election for like two years. <laughs> That's very <laughs> funny that they, they could just sit there and just have zero percent approval rating for years and not do anything. I think that'd be kind of I mean, cool. can't the opposition call an election, though? No. OK, no, no. The, pr- the government has to call an election. Oh, OK. All right, but like they, like they, they have, to, they have tr- to do it after like five years, but they're not required to unless there's some sort of like no confidence. They can't even challenge. Technically, they can't even challenge Liz Liz Truss again, like from within her party for another 11 months. Wait, so but so if they get rid of Liz Truss, won't that necessarily mean that the opposition can call an election? Uh, I, we're, it's England. Uh, I, don't I don't know. We don't <laughs> know. <shit. laughs> I'm pretty like, sure that there is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't care would, enough. Okay. I guess, is what it Here's comes what down. we do know. Why wouldn't you sit it out? Like, what's it? How much worse could it get? What's the difference between nine percent approval and zero percent? It really just like, comes really down nothing. to like all these, all the papers are yelling at me. Well, so what? Yeah, there's nobody in the streets. Nobody's like kicking in the door of uh, of number ten Downing Street trying to yank you out. Hey, if it's just some bad news articles. Oh my god! If, if the bloody Telegraph is yelling at you today, it'll be wrapping fish and chips tomorrow. So don't worry about it. Um, I guess one thing we, we can say is that it is fun to watch uh, Great Britain turn into Italy. It is awesome. Yes. Just like yeah. <laughs> we'll have a government for about two weeks and then uh, we'll just have a new one. That means that there's going to be a British Berlusconi coming along to solve all these problems. And the question yeah, is, Boris. is that going to be is Berlusconi? Like, well, yeah, but he already he already kind of it seems like he kind of fucked it up because like he should be back by now. Honestly, come on. British Ber- Berlusconi has a scandal for having sex with a 29 year old woman on a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have one more story from the UK, but like this is actually a perfect segue into other international um, uh, political news. And that's um, our boy Bolsonaro in Brazil is doing a great job. I mean, I you know he. OK, so look, he like he barely survived. You know, like, look, there's going to be another there's going to be another vote. You know, he like uh, was it Lula didn't get enough votes to like, you know, put him away for good. There's going to be another round of voting. So Bolsonaro is out there and he's got to juice up support. So how does he do that? Um, aside from going to the hospital? No. Go on a podcast and tell an anecdote about picking up what he claims to be a 14 year old Venezuelan sex slave. OK, yeah. So for for um some context and we're not this isn't like reductive. We're not. We're not breaking this down to its bare essentials to be unfair to Bolsonaro. This is literally the story he told that he was on a motorcycle. He was on a moped. He was on the um, very childless, childlessly named uh, vehicle from GTA Vice City. It begins with a slur that begins with an F that I will not say because it's so immature. The F-E-O. Um, he was riding that and he saw a 14-year-old, a 14-year-old girl who he then declares that he had some chemistry with. <laughs> yes, he said, he said we, had, we hit it off. We had good chemistry, and we hit it off. So I went back to her house, you know, as one what, does. Yeah, and what do you know? It's all beautiful girls like her. <laughs> all a bunch of 14-year-olds, and they're all from Venezuela. And I go, where are the adults? And they go, we're selling our bodies. And presumably he goes, oh, that's sad, and then rides away. Doesn't report it. Doesn't. This is the first we're hearing of it. While he was president. While he was president, um, (laughs) he had a meet cute with a 14 year old and then saw her house and was like, I'm going to remember this someday. 
and bring it up <laughs> bring it up when i'm feeling feeling the heat on the campaign trail yeah bring it up on a podcast, a podcast. i don't know what yeah. show, what show he was on what would be the brazilian equivalent of our show the the rodolfo hitler hour <laughs> i'm trying to i think like the brazilian version of our show for right wingers um it would be like three guys who were drummed out of kind of like minor league soccer like the equivalent of double A soccer for like a confusing land scam. <laughs> so yeah, will, will this help or hurt Bolsonaro? Will this help or hurt him more or less than getting COVID again? His campaign has bought um, pop-up ads and internet ads that have said, Bolsonaro e un now un pedofilio. <laughs> what? Which means in Portuguese, Bolsonaro is not a pedophile. See, that's <laughs> okay. the wrong, that's the that's wrong good, way to yeah. go. I think you got to steer into the skid and you got to go with the white hat pedophile argument. You got to have a pedophile to catch the pedophiles. Maybe he can outflank Lula from the left and be like, I was giving them agency. <laughs> I was the only, not, uh, 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 Lula is a swerf. Yeah, it's only bad. Yeah, he should do like a sort of right wing, like sex worker inclusive for children thing where it's like it's the only bad thing is that they were immigrants. Yeah, <laughs> it was that they were from Venezuela. They're taking the jobs fact that away they had from Brazilian own, teenagers. Yeah, but the fact that they were like fourteen-year-olds and like managing their own brothel—not my business. Uh, yeah, and I mean, okay. What I like about this story is a <laughs> him saying we had great chemistry, <laughs> we hit it off. So naturally, I went back to her house, and then the story ends there. He's in a house full of uh, Venezuelan teenage prostitutes, that, that supposedly. And then he's just like, but he's like, but girls, it's Sunday. What are you doing dressed up so sexy? And they're like, it's a living. <laughs> we got to eat. And then the story ends there. He doesn't say, I mean, like, because then it just leaves it. Like, okay, so what did he do then? Well, he has a controversial new advisor. <laughs> Noel Berletskiao. Berletskiao. <laughs> I want to write about the Wonder Woman. <laughs> she, she, uh, she'll bring a... Body, body negativity, and there is a harassment campaign against the haters. <laughs> Her name uh, is Noel, well, I mean, no say... relation to a living person. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you can say yes. Bolsonaro is a monster, but he does not represent the marginalized. I think that's pretty fair to say. Absolutely. Um, well, actually, as long as you're talking about politicians and sex work, this is a, uh, a perfect, perfect segue into my uh, the next story. Uh, have you guys heard about? Okay, this is a bit of local news from here in New York. Have you heard about the guy who's running against Jerry Nadler on the Upper West Side? It's the bald guy, right? Not Nadler, the bald guy. Yes, um, I know that um, he got it in recently. Yes. Okay. This is this is a great story from the Upper West Side, Manhattan congressional candidate publishes a porn video to highlight his sex-positive platform. Mike Itkiss is running against Representative Jerry Nadler and wants to legalize sex work. So, uh, complicated feelings about this story because uh, Jerry Nadler is easily one of the worst Democrats in Congress. Or, I mean, he's, he's no good. I would love to get he him out there. He also shits his pants in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine for me to do as just a regular Joe, but you're in Congress, sir. Get you made it to it. Macy's, Matt. What are you talking about? You're not on Nadler status. <laughs> okay. So, Matt, have you seen a picture of this guy? I have, yeah. He looks okay. Uh, he looks Tell like me he doesn't uh, look like Steve beefy Wilkos. Mark Strong. Oh, yeah. Fucking black 
dress socks ass motherfucker. <laughs> uh, he looks okay, like so- um you know very appropriate to what he's actually doing. He looks like all the husbands in real sex. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like this, like, by the way, most disappointing, most disappointing block of cable ever. Oh, fuck, I'm having flashbacks. I'm having PTSD from you saying this because I'm looking at him right now and I'm just imagining him just totally nude standing uh, next to his wife who looks like a fucking leather handbag talking about how much they love swinging. Real sex for people who are too young to remember, who have never had this problem because they grew up with phones. It was this program on HBO where if you were 12 or 13 and your friend was over and it was like, oh, my God, there's porn on TV. It's called Real Sex. <laughs> yep. and it's like rated it's like rated M and the little Comcast guide. And you turn it on. And, yeah, it was all like bald 60 year old men having orgies with like uh, their wives who looked like if Beverly D'Angelo had an immune problem. <laughs> hey, no I mean, offense that, if, to anyone who was on that show. <laughs> They're all uh, dead now. Yeah, they uh, yeah. are. They were 60 years old in 2002. So yeah, they, they all got like deceased. MRSA from like the, from the, the mud comfort pit in they were rubber <laughs> sheets that they were using during their orgies. They're the first people to die of diphtheria in America for like 100 years. <laughs> it was all stuff like, you were, yeah, you were hoping to see pornography. And then what you saw was like a, you know, a sort of like a, a swingers retreat, but for people who like to be in mud. And, and roll around in a big mud pit or, or paint yeah. each other erotically. Yeah. It was, or like it a was bunch fucking of grim. old men who just like went to jack off classes. This is one I, I was, <laughs> I remember watching this. It's like, this has got to be some sort of uh, prank or psychological experiment to see how long you can get a horny teenager to watch something uh, with the, in the hope that there will be a boob, maybe sometime in, uh, and keep them watching something and it was like old men who just sat around and like talked about different ways to jack off and like that you know is, I, I'm, I'm watching this going i already know just show me some boobs yeah like i got that part covered i don't need any fucking these, tips these kids real today, ammunition we've talked, to, we've talked about it before but these kids today they don't understand the struggle they do not they, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> real sex was like they're not making it out yeah real sex was like really i guess that was the silent generation trying to make its mark <laughs> remember stain. us yeah. make it stain um, well, now one of them has a broken containment from the 90s and is uh, doing sex tapes in order to run yeah. for congress uh, yeah reading from the article here it says in a grunt for attention oh. <laughs> a little editorializing I'm sorry a little editorializing yeah, supposedly this news article third party congressional candidate Mike Itkiss has released a sex tape to highlight his sex positive campaign platform. The 53 year old army cyber operations officer is bound to lose to representative Jerry Nadler in Manhattan's 12th congressional district. But he posted the 13 minute video to a popular online porn site of him having sex with porn performer, Nicole Sage as a quote, conversation piece he told city and state. (laughs) If I would just talk about it, it wouldn't demonstrate my commitment to the issue. And the fact that I actually did it was a huge learning experience, and it actually influenced items on my platform. His issues include legalizing sex works and making sexual rights explicit. 
do not rely on privacy or free speech rights, his campaign site reads, where, spe- where sex positivity is just one of three campaign issues, which were all thin on details. Itkiss, whose bio identifies himself as not married, no kids, not celibate, atheist, also, see, also seems to take aim at child support payments, writing that men should not be required to support biological children without prior agreement. <laughs> so, so, okay, look, uh, Jerry Nadler would very much like to see him challenged from the left um, in, the, in Manhattan's 12th congressional district. But I like that this guy's uh, like his I like that this guy's vision of sex positivity is like, um, I would like to legally fuck a whore, please. And <laughs> <laughs> I would like more pimps and brothels, please. And it's just like, I don't I don't think that's necessarily what sex workers are asking for when they talk for talk about decriminalization. I would like to be able to uh, get my nut off whenever and wherever I would like. And also, if I if I if I if I knock if I knock a brought up, I mean, hey, I didn't consent to getting her pregnant. I don't want to pay for this kid. Yeah, not my problem. So, um, Itkiss said the video titled "Bucket List Bonanza." <laughs> Hmm. Bucketless Bonanza in 2021 was his first time having sex on camera and insists that he's not an exhibitionist. I'm very much an introvert, the very liberal registered Democrat said. I'm kind of a nerd who doesn't like to be the center of attention if I can avoid it. But I thought the issues I'm trying to address are so important. I wanted to have my issues talked about in some way. Well, you succeeded there. Well, Congratulations. Well, okay. Everyone's uh, talking. Yeah. He's got the conversation going. Uh, on one of the stories that was uh, shared at this news article on Twitter, uh, people have uh, dug into the Pornhub comments on the, the, the bucket list bonanza clip. And uh, here are just a few reviews. Meh. I was hoping for more action. The camera angles suck and no money shot. Come on, man. If you want to run for Congress, learn how to fuck one person before you try to fuck millions. Boom. Boom. Okay. And also, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, is that Bill Hicks? <laughs> <laughs> He's bad. I'm sorry. No cum shot? I can't jack off to this. You want me to vote for you? What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, if this is going to be your thing, you'd think you'd put more into it, you know, including yeah. your gist. I think um, that's like, I think that the worst thing to hear on your sex tape is like kind of just like, eh. Mm, Meh. boring Meh. it's wor- yeah it's worse than like it's worse than like oh i threw up to this because that means that someone out there is jacking off to it absolutely yeah nobody nobody jacks off to meh that's not a, that's yeah. the one thing that is not a by definition not a fetish i also like in the in the, in the comments uh it's it devolved into a bit of a not, not, nothing worse than um uh when the comment section in Pornhub devolves into politics you know oh, i hate that so Get, yeah. keep my politics <laughs> so, out of my Pornhub comments please <laughs> one comment from user trump slim penis <laughs> <laughs> writes uh you fuck like a republican Points, though, for going down on her, which Republican men just do not do. A reply from Saxman22. Have you ever dated a Democrat slash feminist? Everything offends them, and sex is like a political statement to them. In my experience, conservative and libertarians are more real with who they are and have no chip on the shoulder and are much more fun in bed. Is he talking about men or women? Uh, I don't know. And then just... uh, Christic Lear writes, oh, yes, they do. I don't know what she's agreeing with there. (laughs) But (laughs) so, uh, yeah, Uh, bucket list, bucket list. Scratch that item off the list. Um, Yeah, he's he's fucking on camera. I just can't believe that uh, the mask's father would do this. (laughs) I did check out his campaign platform. And in addition to the uh, (laughs) the, I'd like a whore now, please. Part of his sex positivity platform. He does want to end the war in Ukraine. 
So okay, Tucker, that's good. Are okay. you listening? Invite him on the show. Can we He's bring not afraid these to talk two together? About it. These two subjects somehow. Something tells me that's a very secondary issue to him. Yeah. <laughs> I think if there was like if, if he's in if he's at in Congress and like Pelosi is like trying to get him to support, you know, another seven zillion dollars to Ukraine, uh, I, I, he'd be pretty easy to buy off. Do you, do you guys remember the rumor about Kevin McCarthy, like fucking that very real sex looking Republican? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and it was probably like an open secret on Capitol Hill that like yeah. uh, what he was cheating on his wife with another guy's wife or something like that. It's very quaint that like his speakership was derailed by that. By fucking like another fifty year old, yeah, that's cool. pretty. Kevin McCarthy, you know, uh, Republican whip. Uh, do you think he eats pussy though? Because according according to Trump's slim penis, Republican <laughs> men do not eat pussy. I could see it being like a once a year thing, like Uncle Junior. Yeah, like a birthday <laughs> deal. Yeah. <laughs> why would you? Well, so, if you're a woman, why would you even want that? Like, I just I don't. Must taste like it. Must feel like a monitor lizard sort of <laughs> probing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's probably putting like a paper mask over his face to like not look at it because he thinks it thinks it looks gross like probably the two worst ways to get your pussy eaten are like sort of like an unenthusiastic 62 year old republican or, <laughs> or like, an overly enthusiastic like labrador yeah. retriever going at like a bowl of kibble yeah one of those guys who's always talking about how much he loves to eat pussy like one of those like uh, thick glasses and wrestling guys. Yeah, it's just like, oh, no, no, if, I, if Michael Douglas is right, can't be worth it. <laughs> and he's just—you have to figure they're just like they're just going at it with the enthusiasm of like a a six-month-old kitten and a bowl of milk, <laughs> just all over the place. Doesn't matter what they hit. Hold on, I'm okay. I'm 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 looking up the Mike Itkiss sex tape on Pornhub. Mike Itkiss, he's got uh Got his own page here. One video. One video uploaded. Okay. Mike, it directed by Nicole Sage. Now, this whole thing is just a ploy to boost his OnlyFans. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's really going at it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, but, like, this angle is just his butt. Oh, <laughs> God. His you, butt spazzing out. Come on, man. It's like, I mean, like, her, her legs are spread very wide, but his... It's his butt. Like, I'm, I'm not seeing any... I'm not seeing any real stroke game or pumping. It's just his butt kind of spazzing out. And you see his dick at all? Oh yeah, I've seen his dick now. He's he's getting head. He's getting topped off right now. Okay, now she's doing some classic cowgirl. All right. Since he's running against uh, Jerry Nadler on the Upper West Side, I'm assuming he's circumcised. <laughs> is he? Yeah, is he? Okay, I'm gonna try to get. I'm trying. I, I will. I, I will get an answer to this. Okay, now he's, now he's eating pussy. Now it's just his butt spazzing out again. Come on, Six, man. Level, we learned years position. ago not that not that the ass angle is not what people want. Okay. Now it's just um, she's sort of face to face, but on top and sort of she's riding him. Um, not a very good. You can't see any dick, though. Yeah. What kind of pipe is he working with? Um, you know, the, the pipe doesn't seem doesn't seem terrible. I got to say. OK, but it's just the angles aren't very good here. But you know what? This is his first time. This is his first time fucking on camera. You know, it's just like it's 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 a camera set up in the corner. There's only one angle that can be conceived uh, that can be like, you know, held because there's not a cameraman there to like, you know, get any up close shots. Um, or, or, or the, or the pop or the cum shot, you know, so that's disappointing, but you know, like I say, you know, for a, for a first time effort, you know, I gotta say not bad. Well, I, yeah, I, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to his future endeavors. I mean, he's not, he's not pleasant to look at. He's, he's, he's just eyebrows. He's got no hair on him. Than eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at him. He looks like his look is kind of like a defense attorney on SVU. Who's saying that like his client shouldn't be executed because he revealed the location of the body? <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right. Well, uh, best of luck to him. And uh, jeers to Jerry Nadler. Stop shitting yourself, dude. Oh, God. Can you imagine Jerry Nadler? She has ass just spazzing out. Just, oh just lay, just lay, getting in oh, there. Man. Just, Especially since he's uh, lost all the weight, so you know, like, yeah, all oh, it's, oh, it's is, just like, like puddling around his waist, oh, just like, like he's got a flesh hula hoop at all times. Oh god, damn it! He could probably, yeah, he could probably like turn the excess flesh from his thighs into a flesh partition, so you can't actually see the penetration. <laughs> god for that. Okay, so I guess okay, too too many good segues, but I want to go right. I want to go back across the pond to another another UK item. Uh, that was a, a controversial news item burning up the the, the internet this week. Um, basically, some some wretched uh, you know some wretched Oliver Twist style urchins threw their gruel at one a Van Gogh painting. They oh, they, they tried to ruin uh, Van Gogh's sunflowers with gruel um, because they wanted more gruel. No, it's because they wanted to end oil now. And you know people are very upset about this. Uh, guys, Van Gogh, uh, classy or trashy? Need it or keep it? Van Gogh's sunflowers. Need it or keep it? I mean, they didn't even do anything to it. I, that's like, it does. It seems like we're at this place where like if things are designed for maximal shock value. But even then, th- like there is this resistance to, you know, pushing past some idea of propriety, like uh, very British. It feels like like we still we still don't want to upset things too much even though we want to give the impression that we're like at the end of our rope and we're 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 finally saying no to this this carbon society that's killing us they're just like yeah but like actually ruin a painting no no we'll just we'll put some soup on the frame basically and then people will talk about it and then the talking about it will uh what exactly i still don't get how right right don't we have all the awareness yeah, that's the defense of it I've seen. That people are like, oh, well, you're talking about it, and it's like, no, people are talking I, I about think, how annoying these fucking kids are. Well, yeah, but they're like, that's the tactic was to get you to talk about it. But it's like, no, people know about this. They just don't like thinking about it. They just they, well, they we're at maximum penetration for awareness. Believe me, this is just like as aware as people seem they want to be about it because they kind of rightfully pick out that they seem pretty powerless in the face of it. Yeah. Like at a certain point, if you, if there is no, nothing to do with your, if there's no clear path to take your awareness of something, then the rational thing to do is to kind of just try to tune it out which, you know, as a media consumer, you are free to do. Uh, so yeah. that you can turn any, you know, uh, thing that makes you have to think about it for a minute into a kind of meta discussion like this, for example. Yeah. I mean, there are stages to the climate thing. It's it's like grief. Like one of the sta- one of the stages is this, like the idea that like oh, just people have to people have to know about it. Then everything changes. It's it's like an outgrowth of that like late '90s, early 2000s thing that if you just solve money and politics, everything else follows. Yeah. Um. But after that comes the sort of self-flagellating thing. The the first worlders being like, we're going, we're all going to die. Us, especially in America. Yeah. Because right. isn't, isn't that how, always how it works? The people mm-hmm. who are most culpable die first. Right. <laughs> but no one's, no one has quite reached the stage that like, even in the end of the world, you, you're still you, you're still who you are. You have your same desires and fears and you, you still probably have your stupid job. But the thing that you have to live with will be your government probably, just gunning down more boats of refugees than you've ever seen in your life. And mm-hmm. you have to figure out what that means to you. 
Yeah. That is a stage no one quite wants to get to. Well, you said that the idea here is that, you know, uh, if, if people don't want to think about climate change and about how, you know, uh, the carbon and petroleum is killing the planet and they're going to, you know, cause the extinction of civilization, well, then you certainly shouldn't be allowed to think about Van Gogh and his fucking flowers. Well, I'll say the museum and the Van, the Van Gogh estate, they miss, this is a perfect, perfect example of why NFTs are so important. It's true. Because yeah. if they had made sunflowers into a blockchain-backed NFT, then they could piss on it themselves. They could fucking put it through a shredder. It doesn't matter. It's on the blockchain now. And in fact, it's better because it, now it can be customizable. It's in meta now, and you can, you can, you can deface it in meta. Yeah. I mean, there are legs now. You can kick it. Um, <laughs> what, what do you guys think about like the idea that this is like a false flag? Because I do. Okay. I was just going to bring that I up. Definitely, I, I definitely think that like a lot of Extinction Rebellion shit is false the Brit- flag. The, British, okay. the entire British anti-climate uh, change uh, movement that's kind of popped up very quickly and is like not even hiding it, but is explicitly funded in a lot of cases by like hedge funds. Okay. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me certainly okay. eyebrow raising. The uh, the the activist group who did the the gruel splattering. Would you take a guess at who is one of the major funders of the a Getty, a Getty action Air. network? Yes, it is the Getty Heiress. It is and the that, heiress to yeah. the, one of the largest oil fortunes in the world is funding this like umbrella network of quote grassroots activist groups that finance high profile direct actions like this all over the globe. Okay, now, yeah, I don't I just that... have to wonder <laughs> whether the heiress to the one of the world's largest oil fortunes has any vested interest in making any activism against the, the oil industry seem like this done by fucking uh no, spoiled brats and no, I mean, annoying children. No, that's I mean that's more immaterial to me than some of the stuff with Extinction Rebellion and their links to, like MI5 and shit like that. That that's okay. because it's it well no, because like okay, what do we know about people who inherit or happen into billions of dollars? Like look at look at uh Steve Jobs' widow. It, it's they just or, or uh Mackenzie Bezos. They just they don't know what the fuck is going on because and they, they feel they, guilty. They feel, they feel bad guilty and they want to do what, something about it. It's indulgences. Right. Right. What is what is what is uh, Mackenzie Bezos given like billions of dollars to? It's always like the BIPOC puppet theater. <laughs> it, it's just like the fucking goofiest and shittiest NGO she can find because she feels guilty. I think I don't think this is quite a gotcha with them because I do. If I had to guess over what this Getty heiress is like, I would presume like a guilty college graduate, probably mm-hmm. more yeah. college than average. Who's like, yep. oh, my God, I have to find. Uh, good activism means never being comfortable or some other thing that she saw like on, right. a, on a chalkboard. Yeah. And so <laughs> she went, what's the least comfortable seeming activism? It's these soup girls. Uh, <laughs> here's a million dollars. I think w- with, with uh, extinction rebellion, that is I'm more, I'm more, I think there's more smoke and fire when there's like active links to the security state than when it's right. just like a goofy heiress, in my opinion. I mean, the thing is, this is where we are. You have a situation where if this Getty heiress is some, you know, uh, some Captain Planet villain trying to uh, discredit climate change activism or a fully earnest person who genuinely does with all of her heart want to want to fix this. At least she thinks she does. The result would be the same. Yeah. Yes. Many such cases. (laughs) Many such cases. And, you know, I... 
what is the solution to climate activism? What is what is the yeah. maximally effective way to do it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Like people talk about like the need to do. Uh, I mean, the, the real question and the one that is difficult to talk about is at what point, if you really, if you're like really committed, do you have to uh, accept that uh, there is nothing that uh, you can do that you could really talk about, if you know what I mean? You know, there's mm -hmm. nothing that you could do that you could uh, organize around publicly. And that is very challenging because one, that's really, I mean, the, the discourse is where we gain our political like consciousness these days. So like having to organize outside of it is a huge challenge. And also it implies a degree of risk that most people, no matter how bad they think things are going to get, don't really want to uh, uh, deal with. I mean, like I said, they didn't even actually ruin the painting. You know, it's like there's there's this line that people who really care about climate change aren't going to cross because the people who worry about climate change qua climate change are the people who realistically are not going to be truly affected by it in their lifetime, probably, you know, so their sacrifice is is not even like the desperate gambit of somebody who knows like the future is going to be worse than anything they can imagine. So they might as well do something. It's probably not the case. I mean, they're probably acting out of uh, out of a abstract sense of, you know, a, a global citizenry that they're trying to stand up for. But, you know, that's a hard thing to square with personal sacrifice at this point in our history. I think that if I have to take a wild guess, who are the most active, who are the most effective environmental activists? It would probably be the people that the federal government threw the fucking book at. Uh, yeah. from the mid nineties, the early two yeah. thousands, like, you know, like, yeah, like, like the so-called eco-terrorists. Yeah. Who like, you know, set, set like SUVs. I mean, I don't know, like, you know, property destruction or things like that, but yeah, like, you know, like, I mean, like the shit, like the, they put people in jail for filming inside of slaughterhouses. Yeah. I would have to guess that it's the people who had the maximum amount of state resources and persecution thrown at them. The people, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is usually career. They put them, they, they put, they put the hammer down where they think they need to, you know? Exactly. Well, I hope I hope these bloody tossers get the book thrown at them. I hope I hope they, they should be cleaning up paintings for the rest of their life. Like, did you uh, Dana Barrett and Ghostbusters too? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you see the um? Did you see the uh? W one of the things on this was someone going like, "Oh, I saw this, and I was googling to see if um Van Gogh was a colonizer, and he wasn't." <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? He, he was a fucking. He, he was he, he colonized. He colonized the south of France by like uh, he was painting all of their fucking landscapes and then claiming it for himself back in fucking Holland. Don't give he, me that Van Gogh wasn't a colonizer shit. He he he, he did that potato eaters uh, painting. He never ate a potato. That's appropriation. Oh, and his good friend Gauguin. Oh, you better believe he was a colonizer. <laughs> you better believe yes. he was a colonizer. Yes. That, that's that's some colonizing there. That's, <laughs> that's some, facts. That's some real stuff. Arles. He wasn't from Arles. He was he was he was being a tourist there, and he was not supporting the local community. I've always I think everyone should always feel bad for Van Gogh because what a shitty life. It's true. Yeah, like take another the another annoying mentally ill person. Get out of here, buddy. <laughs> Stop <laughs> bothering me. Okay, no, he was he was not an annoying mentally ill guy because he didn't have access to mass communication. I mean, he, he was only... probably annoying to that chick he sent his ear to. <laughs> yeah, he was just, okay. Individual communication was annoying enough. Was annoying enough. Okay. How come we don't know what she did? <laughs> yeah. 
She might have what thought, if, oh, my God, that that's that's the most romantic thing I've ever seen. Well, what if she had said, so what if she had been like, um, I'll, I'll go out with you if you cut off your ear. And that's lost to time. And we only know him as the sad ear guy. It's possible. The, the patron saint of guys who are like, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. <laughs> but much more talented. Who Who's to say? Was Van Gogh like one of those emo guys who's always trying to grab his girlfriend's wrist in public and scream, wait? <laughs> or was he a sensitive artist? who is tricked into cutting off his ear and grossing everyone out by an evil woman. Welcome to my next true crime series. <laughs> Van Gogh tricked by an evil woman. All right. Well, I guess to, uh, uh, to close out the show today, I have a, uh, a Twitter thread here that I'd like to share with you guys. This is a, a very interesting Twitter thread over the weekend. And uh, just the, the, the first tweet in the thread says, this is from uh, Ye Hong Zhu, and she writes, As a venture-backed founder, I frequently get asked what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. In case you were wondering, here's a day in the life of a startup founder in Silicon Valley. A thread. Now, before I get into the thread, I just want to like, uh, just share her Twitter bio with you. It says, um, Founder Zet Media, Miss Venice, USA, 2022. Formerly product, Twitter, journalism at Forbes, philosophy at Harvard. So I had to look up what Zet Media is. Uh, <laughs> Zet Media advertises itself as bringing down the barriers to real news. And it bills itself as the Netflix of articles. So, Felix, I know you will be, I know you'll be thrilled to hear there is now a Netflix for articles. And what Zet is, <laughs> is that for like a subscription fee of something like $20 a month, you can bypass payrolls and get like 15, uh, 15 articles a month. That's not that enough not for a real article. Yeah, that's not a lot of, yeah. yeah, that's like barely holding off withdrawals for most article heads. Also, yeah. I want to point out that's already what Apple News is. <laughs> How it are says, they? They're gonna. They, they want to compete with Apple News, the thing that comes with your phone <laughs> that article heads already use. <laughs> Holy says, shit! How did Zet. you get investors? Welcome to Zet, a browser extension. Because she's grinding. She grinds, as we'll find out. Wait a second. Welcome Grind to Zet. A browser extension that lets you read articles behind paywalls. Okay, my browser already has something that lets me do that. It's called incognito mode. What <laughs> the <laughs> fuck? We partner with media publications to get you the best journalism without barriers. Join our waitlist now to get free article credits. <laughs> Zet.com. <laughs> That's how dealers get you. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, give you your first goes free. You got these people out, article here and out here, like, just come on, man. Just, just a got that more. New Republic. Just New Republic. More. Atlantic. Atlantic. <laughs> New Republic. All right, so let's let's dig into a day in the life of a venture-backed founder of Zet Media. Okay, day begins. One, our beta for Zet Media is launching soon, and engineering needs final approval from product. I pour over the Figma mocks, greenlighting the ones I want to use for our upcoming beta launch. Wow, our designer is so talented. I like the subtle use of newsprint gray. So this is um, her first um, task for the day is doing the Eric Trump thing of looking at three magazine covers and going, I like that one. Yeah. I like the Cru subtle use of gray input. in this one. So all the work already accomplished, she just just points. I like that. Yeah, like this is, there. it's already sounding very similar to the life of a Montessori student. <laughs> We're going to give you a bunch of colors and you point at the one that you feel like. <laughs> okay, two. I get an email that our Zet water bottles are ready for pickup. We've been Ooh. ordering a lot of swag lately for conferences. Unfortunately, they're nowhere to be found. Maybe the package room needs a day to process the shipment. I decide that this is the most logical conclusion. 
Okay, so that's a thought you had in your head after looking at emails. That's like 30 seconds of your day right there at most. That is, yeah, that's only stressful if your mind is just blank most of the time. (laughs) Oh, If you have no internal monologue. I have to have thoughts again? God damn it. (laughs) That that would be very difficult if you were like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Three, I go to pick up my new business cards instead. They are slightly ruined by the printers and our brand color is an off green instead of highlighter yellow. Sorry. They are slightly ruined by the printers and our brand color is an off green instead of highlighter yellow. Ugh. Okay. Not ideal. I ping my chief of staff about getting a refund. He'll have to sort this out later. Okay. So like he'll be doing the work there. That's it. That's what he'll be doing for his day is uh, getting getting the correct business cards. Uh, Four. Marketing asks when I have time to go over our TikTok strategy. I slack them sometimes. I've never posted on TikTok, but I'm committed to becoming a hashtag influencer for Zet. I only have two followers right now, but hey, everyone starts somewhere. She includes the link to her TikTok. I'd like to, I would like a, like a clock telling us like how much of the day has transpired so far. Is it yeah, like I want an, to hour, see... an hour to lunch yet or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see like the Goodfellas montage. <laughs> Uh, Five, my director of ops has a draft of conference materials to review. She's cleverly created flyers that look like newspapers, very on brand. After a few round of edits, it is looking, beginning to look more and more like the front page of a newspaper. I promise her final edits by end of day. This is just other people doing work. This is uh, six. Next up, building relationships with journalists. I send a couple of emails about our upcoming launch at TechCrunch Disrupt. I start to miss my own days in the newsroom. A TechCrunch journalist is asking about our product. Wait, I can totally send our media kit. I update our media kit in DocSend with our recent press hits, and I read it again before sending. Wow, we've come a long way since 2020. Feels good. Also, we've got a ton of press. Shout out to uh, Joshua Q. Yang and Ariel KK3 for being media savants. Eight, I open my inbox and a bunch of investors have emailed me asking about our round. Yikes, the deck's not ready. How do I defer without being rude? I snooze on all their emails. <laughs> I make a mental note to respond next week. Yes, we'll open our raise right after disrupt. So this is this sounds the sort of like how thing, I work. Yeah, the first thing she actually has to do, <laughs> she that doesn't she can't do it. delegate to someone else. She's like, I'll do it later. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the the day in the life of being a, a venture backed startup leader sounds a lot like my day. <laughs> It yeah. sounds a lot like what I do during a day. Check Twitter. Ooh, I got a DM. The group chat has things to say. I'll check those later. I'll throw Can't hours. Can't respond to the group chat? Damn, come on. That's, that's <laughs> a responsibility we all have as citizens. 11 a.m. Uh, to 4 p.m. I look through women's media grids. I've downloaded... <laughs> I've, I've, every day at the end of my Twitter session, I download a data file of all my followers. I go into Excel and do Control F and just type in women's names. It's women are always being named new things. So it's hard to re- remember new things to search for. Women named stuff like Sarah and Rachel are going to be in their 30s. Gross. <laughs> Instead, I have to look for names that start with an MC. McCrenda, Michaela, McGlutu, McGlutton, McBrooklyn, McLeBron, Lay Bisexual, Lay China, Lay Fixed Game, Lay Fake League. Nine, I open up Figma again and finally face my demons. Three separate versions of investor decks, all completely different. How am I supposed to reconcile so many pitch decks? 
How do I overcome my pitch deck paralysis? I stare in agony at the slides. Agony. Again, like I'd like to know how long that took. Uh, 10. For mental relief, I check my schedule for tomorrow. At Mercury's inviting me to a private fundraising event. The itinerary looks packed, and there's a tea bar just when I need it. I introduce myself to the other founders on Slack. A few of them signed up for Zet's waitlist. 11. My mother pings me on WeChat. You said you were top five in something. Can you send an article to me? Yes, mom. I'm in the top five startups to watch by Built in LA. I'm so proud of you, she says. I tear up a bit. Okay, this is stealing company time right now. I just want to be clear about that. She is answering personal emails on company Fucked time. Up. If I was one of her investors, yeah. I'd be fucking furious right now. Yeah, no. You can, t- you can so t- far, text your mom back after work. So far, this is reminding me of when Tony Soprano talks about how hard he works. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. him, just him in the back of a strip club for eight hours watching TV. Like telling some other fat guy to go like beat up a guy who owes gambling money. This is football. So you know how many games I got to watch? Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is so Tony Soprano. Oh, I fucking earned this key bar. Uh, 12. I open up Twitter to procrastinate on my desk, on my deck. Once again, this sounds very much like my work day. I wonder if other people would be interested in my life. What does a founder do anyway? Does my team know? Does anybody know? It suddenly feels really important to tweet this. I open a Google Doc and start to type. So this whole tweet thread about what she does at work during a day is a way of avoiding work, which is honestly, that's a great strategy. Um, She's kind of awesome. Okay. Like this is okay. This is at thirteen. Try to okay. Try to try to remember like one through twelve. She goes. I look up in shock that the sun is setting. Jesus, how is it already six thirty-seven p.m.? <laughs> I feel like I haven't even started the work I needed to do today. I open up. You B-reel did it. To, <laughs> I open up B reel to post the pretty sunset. Wow, their product is so good. I am envious that they have fifty-three million installs. Fourteen. One day Zet will get there too, but only if I get back to work. Tweet all slash end. So she didn't achieve she's done, she's anything. Done nothing. She didn't do anything. She did, she did absolutely nothing. <laughs> Holy uh, look, shit. Um look, I, I know I know we get accused all the time of having a you know a, a, a make believe bullshit job that we get way too much money for. And like that's true. Don't tell me don't don't tell me these stuff tech startup fucking imbeciles have anything different than what we do for a living, okay? In fact, if anything, we're vastly more productive than, than this fucking bird brain. It's true. Yeah. At least we we create audio articles for people to enjoy. We don't just, like, <laughs> give you access to somebody else's articles that they have to read. Yeah, think about our, think about our smile per minute rate. Yes. Yeah, so many smiles. SPMs. Yeah. By the you way, know, so many... I, Feel like so many angel investors. When you get them in a room, they want to hear about one thing and one thing only. What's your SPM? We have one of the highest SPMs in the business. Last like, miles. When this woman is posting, it's just bullshit. It's her avoiding work. What I'm posting, I'm building our smile rate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. When I post something that's like, um, I agree with every. I agree with all people who were ever held captive. <laughs> that's increasing our smile rate. When I post, I think that the people on the L.A. City Council recordings made some good points. <laughs> smile rate goes up. That's when increasing post, our smile through. Yeah. When I post, you know, Jewish like, women are born with tails. <laughs> smile rate goes up. Our smile through is when people keep smiling after they've listened to us, though. Or if they're like, yeah, or if they're thinking they're thinking about one of our one of our witty japes, like later in the day, they might just go. Hmm. 
That's a smile through. That's worth that's worth five times SPM. Yeah, what do you think the investors. smile what do you think the smile rate for the fucking shitty article app is? Probably zero. Negative. Yeah, no smiles. It's like Those a ne- negative suck. smile rate. Yeah. They're, yeah, because the articles are like, you know, is your wife in the second trimester for pregnancy? You're already behind on getting your kid into prestigious kindergartens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's what you need to do. You know, um, name your kid after the headmaster of the kindergarten. <laughs> I don't know. I might consider that to, you know, to gain access to certain things that the, the incognito mode um, doesn't doesn't. It's not strong enough for like, you know, like the real uncut Dear Pretty articles you have to be a member of Slate Plus to gain access to. If Zet could get me the, the plug on Slate Plus for probably more than Slate Plus actually costs, I would consider I would consider it. I, I'm just I'm blown away. This is literally a product that exists. Yeah. <laughs> An incredibly easy to use product that like everyone. My grandmother was born in 1920 and I think she uses Apple News. <laughs> Uh, but you all know, right. good luck to her and especially yeah, good luck her to her and her productivity and all that. I'm, I'm looking forward to all the articles and all the posts that she's going to make while not doing any work. <laughs> yeah. What do you think if you, what are you thinking when grind. you're, you're one of her investors and see that fucking. Thing? Yeah. You need to do a coup. You need to get her ass <laughs> off. of No, there. you, get you, somebody you else say there. that you say that, but I guarantee you if any of her investors read that Twitter thread, they were like, wow, this is really good SEO or this is what I do yeah. all day at work. You know, they're that's true. Like, oh, yeah, they're just, not they doing anything brand out there. Yeah, they're not doing it. They, no one does. Nobody. It's not. Okay. A, nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants B, to work anymore. Nobody does any work anymore, especially if you have a Certainly well-paying job. Yeah. If you have a very well-paying job, the chances that you're doing any work of a day is astronomically small. Look at how bad doctors are now. Yeah. They're shit. Well, should we uh, wrap it up for today? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. One more time. October 30th, Revolution in Fort Lauderdale. We'll be on stage with a certain, a certain comic, a certain stand-up comic whose crowd work you may know and love, and the band Donzi. And uh, just once again, a special shout-out to all the bands that have uh, opened for us on tour. They've all been fantastic. Solops, L.A. Witch, 95 Bulls, and then coming up in Fort Lauderdale, Donzi. They've, uh, they've been really the, uh, one of the best things about this current tour. All credit due to the god Chris Wade. So tickets still available for our Florida show on chapotraphouse.com slash live. Gentlemen, Bye-bye. talk to you soon. Even when I'm gone and you remember me. Good times never fade away. Even if I'm not with you here today. Good morning, Friendly on Smile. mountains.